Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Awesome. Listen, you got to have fun in life. Uh, Jesus created us. We were created by God. And I'm kind of going to jump right in. But before I jump right in, I want everybody to know we're doing this series on John. And last week we talked about how and showed in Scripture that Jesus pre-existed with God. He's co-existent with God. And he's self-existent. And I want to just reiterate something. And I, I might not have been super clear on this. But Jesus Christ came as God, but he became a man. He put on flesh. So he was truly God and truly man at the same time. He was not somebody that was created. Jesus was not created by God. He is self-existent with God. He has pre-existence with God. And I want you to know that he put on flesh to come literally the face of God, the embodiment of God, so God could be with his people. If you remember when Pastor Mike was doing the um, Christmas message, he talked about the angels when they came and they said, you will call him Emmanuel because it is God with us. He is God with us. Jesus is not the first of creation. He is the source of creation. We looked at in Hebrews that all things were made for the glory of the Father through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself is the agent of creation. That God the Father is the architect. Creation is his plan. It's his design. Jesus Christ, all things that were created were created through him for his glory. And the Holy Spirit literally animates or paints the picture. He takes the source of creation, the source of God's power in Jesus, and he literally creates and what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at Jesus is the light. He is the divine light. He's the light of men. It is so cool. And I'm going to just jump right in. But John 1, 1 through 14, John gives a very clear depiction of who God is. And I'm going to read that and then we're going to jump right in and we're going to study what the scripture says. But I want you to come with me right now. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was God, with God. And the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born 
not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now it's so interesting that the scripture literally refers to as Jesus is the life, but that life is also the light of men. And if we sit there and look at what light is, we can kind of look at light as this stagnant thing. We hit a switch and it's on, we hit a switch and it's off. But that's, a, that's not the fullness of what John was saying in the gospel. He literally referred to Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> it's getting slippery up here. He referred to Jesus as the life, but that life was the light of the world. I'm preaching here. No, I'm just kidding. What kind of funny business is this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ is referred to as the light. He is not a light. He is the light. Well, what does light do? Light illuminates. It makes aware where things are, what things are. You can see clearer in the day than you can at night. Jesus referred to himself as light. John referred to Jesus as light. Well, what does light do? If you look at what light is, light travels at 186,000 miles a second. Light is not static. It is energy. And the energy of light, it is, it is, it is amazing. It travels at speeds that we cannot possibly comprehend. It literally is the source of life on earth. Because we have light from the sun, we literally have life on this planet. Because uh, we have light, we are made aware. And what Jesus came to tell us is that he is the light of the world. What does light do? It reveals the nature of things. I don't know about you, but have you ever been to a game at night and the lights break? You ever been playing sports or something, all of a sudden the lights go out? And a game that you can play, a game that you can have fun and you're uh, completely aware of how to do it, you're able to do it, you can't do it. Why? Because you cannot see. And Jesus came to show us that in Him is life and light. And that in Him, because of Him, we can see things in the spirit realm. We are made aware of what is going on in the spirit world. We're made aware that actually what we thought was light is not light when, it comes in, when we come in contact with the light of Jesus Christ. And this light of Jesus Christ is literally to show us who God is. Yeah, light is a form of radiation which can be defined as energy that travels in the form of electromagnetic waves. The fact that John called Jesus light, how many of us have been hearing the gospel and all of a sudden... I see. I see that I've been a sinner. I see that I need a Savior. The reason we have that is because the light of the world, Jesus Christ. The light of God reveals the nature of gospel ministry. The Bible says that John the Baptist, or it refers to John the Baptist, and he is the last Old Testament prophet. And you might say, why is he the last? Well, he's the last because Jesus came right after him. And what John the Baptist did was to make people ready for the Savior coming. Make people ready for the light of the world coming. 
make people ready for the Son of God coming. He literally, um, in verse 6, if you go back to verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now John is a created person. He's a created being. Jesus is a self-existent being. He pre-existed before all things were created. Now it's so interesting when it says there was a man sent from God. And that word sent, he was literally sent for a message to give a message. He was for the message that God's come into the world. but for, He was sent for a message, but to give a message that the word of God, the son of God, is here. And the message that John gave was as a created man. Jesus said there's nobody greater in all the earth than John the Baptist. And if you look at what John the Baptist did, it's not that he had crazy miracles. John the Baptist didn't have one miracle in his ministry. John the Baptist wasn't the smartest guy in the world. But let me tell you this, John the Baptist was sent by God. John the Baptist was one of the only men in history, besides Jesus, that there was an angel that came to declare his birth. There was prophecy about his birth. There was prophetic words about the birth of John. Yet John was very clear to let everybody know, I am not the light. I am not the Christ. And John the Baptist literally is the embodiment of what a New Testament believer should be about. He was completely aware that he was a created person created to share a message about the light. And what we do as believers, our call, our calling, is that we share the gospel, we share the light of salvation to the world. You might say, well, I'm not a preacher. God didn't ask. You would say, well, I, I didn't go to Bible college. How do I, you declare what you know from what you yourself have seen. You once were in darkness, but now you are in the kingdom of the light of his dear son. Just as the light shone on you, you now declare the truth of scripture, the truth that Jesus Christ has set you free. And when that happens, your mission or mandate by God is to declare the light that you have seen. Not a created light, but the light. And what happens is when we sit there and understand our calling, when we see what John the Baptist was about, we understand the value of knowing where we stand. John the Baptist had the largest following ever. He had people coming by the thousands. A lot of people think historically it was tens of thousands of people coming to him on a regular basis to be baptized. John the baptizer. Now it's very interesting if you understand Jewish history or Jewish culture, the Jewish people themselves never got baptized. It wasn't a thing that Jewish people by birth did. Being baptized was something that the Gentiles would do if they were going to convert to Judaism. And then you have John the Baptist who declared the light and all of a sudden Jesus Christ himself, the light of the world, comes to be baptized. And it confuses John the Baptist. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you being baptized? And Jesus said, I'm coming to fulfill all things. Now, did Jesus have any sin? Because the reason people were getting baptized is they were identifying that they were dead to the things of God. 
that even the called ones, the people, the chosen generation, that they had fallen away from the relationship or the standards of God. So what happened? They come and they would be baptized. And the Pharisees didn't like this guy, John. Pharisees don't really like anybody that challenges them. So the Pharisees said, who are you? Are you Elijah? And he goes, no. He said, are you, are, are, are you the Messiah? I'm definitely not the Messiah. They said, well, who are you? He's like, I'm just a guy crying out in the wilderness, making people ready for Jesus Christ. And he didn't say Jesus Christ, because here's the interesting thing, and I can show you in Scripture, John the Baptist didn't know Jesus was God until it was revealed to him that Jesus was God. And he literally, all of a sudden, while he's preaching one day, he sees Jesus walking to him, and he sees the Spirit of God all over him. And he said, the guy that I told you about, this is him. Why did Jesus come, though? Jesus came to show us and be the exact representation of God Almighty. Why? Still, why? Because it wasn't good enough for God to have inspiration from words, the Word of God. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that God would send the prophets. It wasn't enough that we'd have the written Word. God Himself wanted to come and bear witness. The light shone from heaven, came, put on flesh, and showed us, I am He. And he literally walked around with his creation. And that's why anybody who heard Jesus said, nobody talks like Jesus. Nobody says the things he says. Nobody has the power that he has. What's so different about Jesus is that Jesus Christ is God. He wasn't a man that was anointed by God. He was God, the Word, the creator of all things that came to show us the express image of God. The thing about the scripture in the Old Testament, they had pieces of God. They could understand attributes, certain attributes of his character. They knew that God was almighty. They knew that God was one God. They knew that God is the greatest, but they did not know God as father. And then Jesus comes and he goes, me and my father are one. They didn't recognize that when the scriptures, the prophets were inspired by the Holy Spirit, they didn't recognize that they were talking about the word of God or the son of God. And Jesus revealed to the world the divine attributes of God. And what the light does, the light will do three things. The light will reveal himself or itself. The light will reveal that we're sinners the light will also reveal, or the nature of sinners, the light will also reveal the nature of God. And you might say, well, you just said it will re- reveal the nature of himself. He revealed his nature, but he also revealed his father in a way that we can now call God the father, Abba, Daddy. They didn't know that in the past. They didn't think that man could have any type of relationship like that. And God, the word of God, came to be personal with us. And the true gospel message is that Jesus Christ is the true light of the world. That the word of God put on flesh and became man so that he could interact with man and save man. You guys ready for this? Uh, John the Baptist, uh, the 40th chapter of Isaiah, you see it's um, referring to John the Baptist. 
talks about crying in the wilderness. Uh, Malachi, it talks about uh, he comes before the Lord's arrival. Uh, John the Baptist was miraculously conceived. His parents were barren. Uh, they believe his parents were almost in their 80s. I don't know about you, but I've never gone to a baby shower when the mother is 80 years old. That'd be a sight to see. God used John the Baptist and revealed that John the Baptist truly was from God. Now, why did he do this? Why did God send a created person? Why did he have an angel bear witness that he was being born? Why did he have miraculous conception? Why did he have this message preparing the way of God, preparing the way of the Lord? To get people ready, their hearts ready to receive. Because this is what happened. People didn't know they needed a Savior until they were made aware that they needed a Savior. And how many of us in here, we've been totally fine not seeking after God? There's several people in here or people that you know that how many guys have just been okay in life? Things are good. Only a couple. Okay. (laughs) Well, you guys need to do it better then. (laughs) But literally, people, when you grow up in an atmosphere, when you grow up outside of the light, what do you do? You grow up with morals. And how many people, when you talk about Jesus Christ, they say, well, I'm a better person than you are. I have better morals than you. Morals, the Greek word, you get it from more. And the thing about morals is that every generation has a different set of morals. Now think about this. In the 1950s, if a woman exposed, I think it's two inches above her knee, boy, she is, you know what. (laughs) Like your mama would not let you hang out with that girl. Now the morals in the 50s change. Our morals now, it's like, well, you could show this much skin, or now it's like, it's okay if you could show everything. And it's like, they're at the beach, so it's different. Let me tell you this, girls. Men are men, and they're sight-driven. So if you think all of a sudden men are going to get respectable and become supernatural gentlemen when they see more of your skin at the beach, you are wrong. Because you know what they're doing? They're going to act like they ain't looking, but they are looking. And that should be reserved for only one man to look at, your husband. And I'll tell you this, your husband does not want to know that all the other guys got the same view that he gets. (laughs) There ain't nothing special about that. I didn't know I was going to go here, but I'm here, so let's just camp out for a second. Morals in a society change. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we talk about morals in the New Testament church, making sure there's no young, young people. We're here. So we're going to tiptoe. The culture in the New Testament church was at 12 years old, not the church, but in the age. Let me clarify. A little nervous here, making sure no kids are here. <laughs> the culture and the society when the church was birthed was that at 12 years old, your father would take his son on his 12th birthday and he'd go to the temple prophetess, who was a glorified prostitute, 
and he would lose his virginity and then be celebrated. It's like, yes, now you're a man, you know? And guess what? You became a man with the same person I became a man with. Like, it's weird. It's gross. But it was the culture. The culture in that day, they were so perverted based to what we're used to, they would have sexual organs from dead people and they would make necklaces out of them. So you'd be walking around, some dude would be walking around with some other dude's thing, like, yeah, look at this necklace. <laughs> like, it is disgusting. But morals change with society. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> You're like, that's a nice necklace. Where'd you get that? Oh, I got it done. It's disgusting, right? So society, the morals of society change. But God is the same. And the light shining in the darkness, the light will always be the light. The darkness cannot overpower the light because the light is constant. It's the same. It's the same. You know that the sun shines the exact same in the morning as at night, but the difference is that we are, our backs are turned in a sense to the sun. The same thing happens with us in our own lives. God's word shining. The Holy Spirit sitting there convicting us, hey, there's a right way to you, and then there's the right way. But we, like the earth, we get in our own decision-making. We turn our back on the light shining. But then all of a sudden, we see the word. We see the light. And then it's revealed to us what is around us. What's going on in the spirit realm? What's going on that we can now see the error of our ways? Jesus didn't come to sit there and preach this is the do's and this is the don'ts. He said, I am the way and there is no other way. And the fruit of knowing the God who never changes, the pre-existent God, the co-existent God, the self-existent life that God has, is that who we hang out with manifests to the people around us. How many of you guys remember when you started hanging out with kids that... Probably didn't have the same values your mom and dad had. Listen, your parents knew that way before you did. Why? Because what you set yourself under overtakes you. And what we do in Scripture is that we self-justify why we do what we do. You ever heard people say this? We're not bad. Every sinner says they're not bad. How many people on death row? I'm not a bad person. I just made a mistake. I just killed one person. you got to know the circumstances. We self-justify because our natural nature is darkness. But then when the light comes, it's revealed to us, wow, in the light of God, I am a hopeless sinner. In the light of God, there's nothing in me that's anything good. Outside of God, you might be better than all your friends. You might be better than everyone around you. You might have the best morals. You might sit there and give to the poor, which a lot of people that call themselves Christians don't give to the poor. Good for you. You might do things that a lot of believers don't do, but your standard to God's standard is filthy rags. And your works to the light are disgusting. Your self-righteousness pales in comparison to the righteousness of God. 
And the standard that God holds us to is not how well we treat people. It's the sins that we've committed against him. Why? Because he gave us life. He created us. He's greater than us. We have to come to terms with it. And what happens in Scripture? You guys getting this? John the Baptist came for a message. For a message. And the message was to give a message. He came for the message of the Savior is en route. The Greek word there is um, matoria. And it's the truth about the light in Christ. John 15, John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he, this is John the Baptist talking, this is the message that he declared when he realized Jesus was God. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. John the Baptist recognized that Jesus was God. You might sit there and think, well, Jesus never said he was God. Jesus, everywhere he went, said he was God. Everywhere he went, he did things that only God could do. He recognized himself as being God. No demons ever ran up to any of the apostles and said, have you come to torment us before the time? You know what the apostles had to do in the New Testament? They had to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. Why? Because the demons recognize faith in that name. Because that is the name that is above every name. Why did Jesus, when he walked out, Jesus didn't say anything. The demons ran, bowed down to him and said, have you come to torment us before the time? They're screaming in fear. A few years ago, um, we, went to, we went to Orlando, uh, me, Nicole, Eric, and Rachel, and we went to this uh, fright thing. I forget what it's called. Or the Friday nights, okay. So I'm sitting there, and just my nature, there's like these probably five or six young people, maybe late teens, early 20s, and we're walking into the thing, and I'm like, oh, everybody's here to get scared. Let's start early. So all of a sudden, I go, ah! <laughs> these people, ah! they jump up, and they're like, what the, babe, man, come on. I was like, you're here to get scared. We should be terrified in our own sin facing the light. But the light came down, laid aside his glory, and said, come, I'll save you. The demons saw Jesus for who he was and ran in fear. And Jesus said, be quiet. They were quiet. What's your name? Our name's Legion for we're many. What does that mean, Legion. Anywhere from 1,300 to, or 42 to 6,100 demons were inside this body. And he cast them out. Jesus on the waters, when the waves are coming, the, the, the sea is terrible. It's like a hurricane. And the, the, the disciples said, don't you care that we're going to perish? How many of us have said that prayer to God? Don't you care about me at all? You know what Jesus said? Got up, peace be still. You know what he said to him? Why do you have such little faith? You know, when I look at it from my perspective, I'm like, Jesus, you're kind of hard on him. Like they're in a hurricane. Cut him some slack. You know Jesus' perspective? 
I'm the creator of the universe and you're asking me if I care and I put on flesh to come save you. I'm in the same boat as you. Do you think I'm going to let you die? When we look at different perspectives, it puts light on the situation. And Jesus literally tells them, oh, you have little faith. And then he said this several times, how long must I suffer with you? <laughs> he said it several times to the disciples. Disciples, they have a good moment. All of a sudden, Peter's like, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, my God did, my father revealed that to you. Chapter later, get behind me, Satan. The same dude that he's like, you're blessed by my father. He said, get behind me, Satan. You're offending me. Now, a lot of us don't like to look at that part of scripture. How many of us sometimes Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. You're offending me. How do we offend Jesus? When we compare our glory to his glory. When we do things and want people to look at, look at what I'm doing. We do things for the Lord. The light of salvation has shined on us. Why do we do what we do? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Why do we say what we say? Why, do, why does our life change? Because people can tell that you've been with Jesus. Here's my question to you today. Can people tell that you're with Jesus? Is there any evidence that you are putting Jesus in the place that he wants to be at in your life? First place. He didn't come to be second. He came to be first. He said, I am the first, I am the last. No one's before me, no one is after me. I am the man. Here's what we do. We have to decide. Are we going to believe Jesus is what he said he is? I'm going to jump into this real fast. In the 8th chapter of John, John says that he is not the light, but there to testify of the light. In verse 20, he said, I am not the Christ. In verse 34, he said, behold, the Son of God. In verse 36, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. It was a Christ-centered testimony. Believers, we should always have a Christ-centered testimony. If we don't, we are not in the light. It's Christ-centered. Romans 10, uh, or John 5.35, it talks about uh, they were talking about how Jesus said, you enjoy the light of John the Baptist. You might say, whoa, how come Jesus calling the light of John the Baptist? Jesus referred to John the Baptist as the little lamp. Literally that Greek word for little lamp, um, let me find it, I had to write that one down. It's luknos, it means portable lamp. And Jesus is referred to as phos, it's essential light. It is light that's not created. You can't harness. It's not a light like you, you harness in a lamp. It's the source of light. It's where we get photo, photosynthesis. It's, it's essential light. It brings illumination to our eyes. When Jesus came, he came to illuminate us. You're either dead without me or you can be alive in me. But this is the way. And we as human beings, we sit there and be like, well, I'll find another way. All roads lead to Rome. Listen, they don't. Because if they did, Jesus wouldn't have to come telling us that he's the only way. How many other religions declare that they have a way to God or a way to happiness or life after? They don't. That's why Jesus said, all who were before me are liars. Anybody after me, if they're not preaching my message, they're liars. Why? Because I created all things. There is no way. Just as all creation couldn't exist outside of me, nobody can go to my Father but by me. That is the message that Jesus was preaching. Um, 
in verse in Romans 10, 13 through 17, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe on him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone is sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the what? Gospel, which is good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The message that true believers are sharing is not that, oh, just be a good person and God will understand. The message that believers are sharing is that Jesus Christ is the only way. You want to know where you stand? Stand in the light of the gospel. Believers are here to tell people we are not the way, he is the way. We are not here to preach a a, a moral do good, so do more good than bad. That's a false religion in itself. We're not here to preach, oh, well, the morals of Christianity. The morals of Christianity are the fruit of being in the light of Christ and accepting the light of Christ. You cannot produce and have long-lasting fruit of the gospel without being connected to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You don't get your life, I don't get my life from you, you get your life from me. The fruit that the branches produce are because they're connected to the root. The the production that Christians are to produce is telling people, Jesus is my savior. I was dead, I was in the dark, but Jesus Christ is my savior. Just as John the Baptist did. John the Baptist, his disciples came up to him and they said, hey, dude, all the people are leaving. We're following you. And now that guy, Jesus, everybody's going to him. You know what John the Baptist said? I must decrease and he must increase. Because he knew I'm just created like you. There's no salvation in me. I came for a message to tell the message. I came to be a witness that God is coming. And he has come. You know that two of John's disciples, after he said that, they're like, okay, we're going to follow Jesus. And literally, it was Peter's brother that introduced, that was John the Baptist's disciple, that came and got Peter. He's like, we found God. They didn't find God. He walked right up to him. That's just how funny people are. You don't find God. He finds you. Jesus didn't say, I come to be found by all. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. But see, what we do in our own nature, our own desires, we elevate ourselves and we bring God's glory down. The only time God's glory came down was when he came down from heaven, fully God, fully man, to be intimate with his creation. You guys getting this? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The light reveals the nature of Jesus himself. You know, in the beginning, I want you guys to see this, is Genesis 1, 1 through 3. A lot of people don't understand this, but it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Stop there. Right here in the beginning, we see the Trinity of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You might say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see it. I'm going to show you. It says in verse 1, go back to verse 1, please. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
So we see that God's a creator. The earth was without form, verse 2, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now if you read this, you're thinking that God created the sun and the moon and the stars. This word, literally in Hebrew, means let my presence manifest. Before creation, the light of the world, God said, let there be light. He's saying, I manifest myself and the Spirit was waiting on Jesus, and God called the light day. He made a distinction of what is right and what is wrong. If you read chapter, verse 14 of Genesis chapter 1, that's when God said, made the greater day to rule the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. Right here, it's Jesus Christ first. He said, Let my presence manifest. And when God's presence manifested, that's when creation could happen. And we read that in Hebrews 1 last week, that in him, everything was created. Through him, Jesus Christ is the agent of salvation. He is the agent of creation. Jesus Christ is the manifest expression of God the Father. He is the word of God. He is literally the mouthpiece, the agent of creation. By him, all things exist. Through him, all things exist. He sustains his creation. And the distinction that he's always had is that he is light. He is life and he is light. You want to find the right way? What does Jesus say about it? And the New Testament illuminates the nature of Jesus Christ, but it also illuminates the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. Are you guys getting this? I've got a couple more scriptures and then I'm going to close. I want you to know that we know through Scripture in the New Testament that Jesus was the rock in the wilderness. In Isaiah 6, He was on the throne. Isaiah 52 and 56, He was on the throne. Uh, the word uh, alathanos, which means in Greek, it means true light, not borrowed. He is the light of the world. The gospel that we preach, we should never, and, and we do not do this, but Christianity was never meant to be a self-help religion. You should never come to church and hear a message and be like, that just inspired me. Christianity should never be like a TED Talk. Christianity, the gospel, is we preach Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit confirms it. One thing I love about this church, the messages that we've been having. Pastor Mike Talk about renew our mind. What are we renewing our mind to? Is Pastor Mike saying, oh, think positive thoughts? No. Renew your mind to what we have in Christ Jesus. Let Jesus be the light to give you hope. The world gives false hope. The world gives uh, motivation. But motivation by itself is horrible. Motivation will get you excited, get you to buy all the stuff that you need to succeed, and then comes Monday. And motivation says, all right, you go on ahead. You ordered all the stuff. I did my part. Motivation is not sustaining. Application is sustaining. How do we apply what we know? Not from ourselves, through Jesus Christ. We apply the truth, the light of the gospel. That's what we have. 
Now here's what happens. Some of you guys hear the message, you'll be inspired. With the goal of a minister is never that you're inspired by something we're saying. We get all our material out of the same book. And we're not the authors of it. Like when you hear a message, you're like, wow, that was amazing. It was not us. It was God working through us like a puppet saying, this is what you said. Chris, why did you say that? Get behind me, Satan. You're offensive. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, but I'm kind of kidding. What we are is mouthpieces saying what we've seen and believe in our heart. And because we see that, because we believe that, then we can boldly declare. Why does Paul say in Romans, Romans 1, chapter 6, verse 1, verse 16, chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why is he not ashamed? Because that's the power of God and the salvation. The light has come. Paul used to be called Saul. He murdered the church. He hated the church. You know what Jesus did? He shone to him, and Paul said, I saw this light that made the sun look pale, blinded him, kicked him off his high horse, and he said, why are you persecuting me? That shows us one thing, and I'm going to close with this. Everything you do in life, Jesus takes personally. If you're not listening to him, he takes it personally. If you are listening to him, he takes it personally. You might say, I don't like that. I'm going to show you. Saul was persecuting the church, killing people. Jesus took it personally. He didn't come to Paul and say, or Saul and say, why are you killing my followers? He said, why are you persecuting me? You want to know what else he took personally? The first guy, the first believer to get martyred was Stephen. He literally believed Jesus Christ, believed in the gospel. The power of God was apparent in his ministry. You know what he did for a living? He waited tables. But let me tell you this. When people were waited on him at his tables, the people who were sick were healed. The people who were in darkness could see the light. Why? Because he knew the light and he proclaimed the light. And guess what? When Jesus was at work in Stephen, and Stephen literally was killed for just saying the truth, letting people know the light, showing the light of salvation. You know, the Bible says that Jesus ascended and sat at the right hand of the Father. And I'm closing with this. You know that when Stephen was getting stoned, they literally, what they'd do, they'd dig a hole, they'd sit somebody and it'd be like waist deep. So they couldn't really move, they couldn't get out. And they take big stones and they throw them. And the guy who's seen the light acted like the light. Jesus, when he was on the cross, when the Pharisees said, If you're the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, get down. You know what Jesus said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know what Stephen did? He's a young guy. Had a lot of life to live. But he knew a life outside of Christ is nothing compared to living a life in the light. And he said this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If I was in that hole, I don't know if I would say that prayer. I'm being honest. But you know what the Bible says happened? As he's being killed, people hating him. They're not hating him, they're hating Jesus. He's the light. The darkness has to comprehend and fight with the light. It can't. When your life is exposed to the light of the gospel, 
there's no justification for what you're doing. That's why people get so mad and they hate Jesus. And Jesus said, they don't hate you, they hate me. Because I'm the light and I'm revealing their true nature. Just as he reveals the nature of God, he reveals the sinner's nature. But you know that Jesus literally, the Bible says, that he stood up next to his father. And he said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. When we put Jesus Christ first, when we let our light shine, it gets Jesus off the throne. And I don't know about you, but I've watched an amazing football game last night. Green Bay Packers, the 49ers. That is probably the best Super Bowl game. I'm a little nervous that there's going to be a game as close. But let me tell you this. When God sees the believers standing in the light and doing the plays that are in the light, it gets Jesus excited and he stands up. He's like, that's it! And you know, the Bible said that Stephen just fell asleep. When you realize who Jesus Christ is, when you realize your problems, some of you might now might seem like you're buried waist deep and the stones are coming and life really just isn't fun right now. But let me tell you this, when you get your eyes off what people are doing and put your eyes and do what the gospel says for you to do, nothing can hurt you. Did they take Stephen out? Yeah, he fell asleep. The Bible says he literally saw Jesus. He said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. Guess what happened? Jesus Christ is moved by people who are bold for him. Don't you want to move God? But guess what? The only way we can move God is if we're in God. He's not being moved by sinners in the world. He's being moved by his people in the world. Those who have lamps because we got our light from him. You guys good? John 3.16, I'm closing with this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. God isn't sending people to hell. We were going there already. And he sent Jesus. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for everything you've done in our lives and everything you're doing. I thank you that we have the word. Father, that the word of God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. That we see your nature, we see our nature for who you truly are and who we truly are outside of Christ. If there's anybody in here this morning and you've heard this and you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, you might have gone to church your whole life. I never want to mistake and not give opportunity to people who might have played church their whole life. But you have conviction from the Holy Spirit and you want to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. I'm looking around. You can raise your hand. as a point in contact. Anybody? look at me Jesus is the way the truth and the life 
No one comes to the Father but by Him. I want you guys to know that our prayer is that you find who you are in Christ Jesus. Let the light of the Scripture, no more excuses, no more self-justification, no more looking at how you are compared to other people. How are you compared to the Scripture? That should be your judge. That should be your light. That should be your guide. end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm.